Welcome to another episode of Called to Marriage. I'm Marcia, and I'm here with my husband, Thomas. <laughs> I feel satisfied. <laughs> you feel satisfied? Yeah, because I'm always the one who comes in second. Today you came in second, oh, and I came in first. Yeah. It doesn't really matter about second and first. It's just interesting to do something different, do it in a different order. I get you. We are called to marriage. Mm hmm. So, last. What are we talking about today? Yep. So last episode, we started talking about life before marriage and yeah, we're continuing. I had, the, I think we left off on my life as an adult, as a single adult and uh, left you with a little tidbit, which was basically to pursue God, which should lead us into a scripture, but hmm. Will it? <laughs> you got any scripture in your mind? Hmm. You know what? I don't have a scripture that I premeditated concerning this topic, but I do have a scripture which is worth reading and which is worth every person hearing, even if you just heard it yesterday, for example. It's worth hearing it again today. What do you think? Go for it. Yep. So when we were at church today, I saw Thomas looking at this psalm, which is Psalm 139. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's good. You From time to time, you should just revisit this psalm and know the God who made you and how carefully and purposefully he made us all. So here we go. Scripture for today is Psalm 139. Mm-hmm. And it reads, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The boldness, the darkness, and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. O oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? 
And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Amen. (laughs) What have you got to say, my love? Any reflections, any responses, any thoughts? Yeah, I was just thinking when you were reading that sometimes we humans forget that we we were made by someone, somebody. Even among Christians, sometimes the way we talk about God is almost like a peer. He's up here. We talk about, we discuss God as though he's one of us. He's, he's, he's human and Sometimes even certain things that we don't understand about what he does, we, the way we talk about it, it's like almost without any reverence. This psalm just, you know, dwindles me. It makes me feel little. <laughs> mm. It makes me feel small that truly God is God. Mm. And I don't know when we say God, we we truly mean God, like God, the God of the universe, the God who made all things that we refer to, or we refer to another kind of body or spirit somewhere that we can ask questions and, you know, just inquire. All to say that he's great. He's huge. Mm. He's big. He's Enormous. <laughs> he transcends what my mind can even comprehend. And like I said, it makes me, it dwindles me, it makes me small. It makes me feel like nothing in his, in his presence. That somebody put me together, somebody made the world that is around me. But who is that person? It's not something that I usually think about until I start thinking about it. (laughs) Then I realize, oh, you know, he's God. Mm. That's how big it is. It's not just my tiny Christian life here on earth, a few years here on earth. It's not just within that. He's not reigning just over my tiny little heart and this life that I have here on earth that he says is only by the breath. It's, it's it's nothing compared to who he is and even what he has made. He's truly God. Yeah, so it makes me submissive. Yeah, that's how that's what what I feel about it. Anytime I read it, it, it speaks to me in a different way. But all to say that it points out to me that God is God, and it makes me question myself when you say when I say God. What do I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yes. I don't have much to add. If I could just somehow tie this to the ending of last week. I mean, the psalm says, where can we go from his spirit? He's omnipresent and we can't run, run from him. So we should run to him instead. And I like the last verse. It's It's a prayer you can pray it the last two verses in fact search me O god and know my heart try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting 
I'm reminded that we all were made with very much intentionality and with purpose. And because we're not perfect, it doesn't mean we should run from God. It means we should draw near to him, let him search us, examine us, correct us, reveal our iniquities, our wickedness, and purify us so that we can obtain everlasting life. So, again, we're talking about life before marriage, and I had kind of given what my life was like as a single adult, and now Thomas will give his side of the story. Where were you? Just about maybe seven years ago, before knowing me, maybe fresh out of college, a young man, <laughs> or I don't know where you want to start, but I started from my adulthood, so. Yeah. About 21, 22 Anyway, mm -hmm. um, I think using education uh, all my life through school would be an easy way to reflect on my growing up. So I lived with a single parent, my mom, and I grew up in a pretty big town, gold mining town. So that's where I had almost all of my education with the exception of my college education. So I went high school there, primary through to high school. And I started living alone at, well, no, when I was in high school, I started living alone. So um, I think I got out of high school at 17 years or so. Yeah, 17. So that's where, when my adult life began to form because I started living on my own. I was in a boarding school, yes, but after school, I would come home and spend time alone. My mom was also schooling during my time in high school. I think it started from my final year or so in junior high school. And she was doing an education program, a diploma. So during my vacations, she would also travel to her school to also school, to also educate herself. So I would have to had to live alone so yeah in the boarding house away from my mom and then when i come home she would have left for her school too so i was basically just living in school and then coming back home to live alone and then by the time she's back i would also be gone to school and then she would just be working even though we did see ourselves Obviously, there were times when I went home, we, we spent time together and she would always see me. She would always want to see me. But I, I also understood her because she was trying to, you know, broaden her horizon, if you can say. <laughs> and I was totally supportive of her. I, there were times I traveled to her school to teach her and to... Just help her. It was a lot of science and integrated science programs and math involved and a lot of things. So I tried as much as I could to help her. After high school, I went to, um, I was always interested in um, journalism. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I started thinking, oh, after high school, I would want to do something before going to college. So after high school, I went to 
uh, radio broadcasting school for six months and then I worked for six months. And then the following year I went to college. And yeah, through those times, a lot of things happened, but that's how my growing up was. So I started taking decisions, doing things. I, I went into gold business. I bought and sold gold growing up right after high school. So I, yeah, I, I've never really been employed <laughs> by, I've, no, I've, I've, I've never worked for any company, you can say, or a business outfit. It's, I've always been doing things on my own. And yeah, so that's how my growing up was. And in college, I had a chance to do a lot of things too. But anyway, since we're talking about relationships and singlehood or singleness, let me go into this side a little bit. So I had two relationships before the relationship I had with Marcy. And both of them, I got out. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended both of them myself. The first one wasn't so bad. I just didn't like how um, on serials, you can say it was. I was, I'm really serious when I'm in a relationship. So when I sense that the other party or the, my partner isn't being serious, I don't want to go on because I'm also very intentional and you can say strong in, in, in relationships. So I ended it and then my last one ended in a disaster. I got cheated on and had a broken heart. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I ended that too. I was like, okay, I forgive you, but I'm sorry. I just want to move on. It's okay. That was um, before I came to China, way before I came to China. And what more should I say? As far as my single life is concerned, I would say my, the way my life was, how my growing up was, called for me to be the kind of person that I am now, I would say, in terms of being, I would say I'm a proactive person. I'm not, what's, what's the opposite? Um, if you're not. Proactive, then you're, I don't know. Introverted. You're either proactive. No, I'm introverted too, but that's not the right word, though. Yeah. Yeah, you're either proactive or you're reactive. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I I've always been a proactive person. I like to go out and start things, do things, and swim against the tides. You can say a little bit. I'm pretty ambitious. I'm I'm a dreamer, and I like to go out and step out into the world and take steps and just do things. Just, I don't know how to sit quietly, but what characterized my growing up was the fact that I didn't have my father in the house. I'm talking here and there, but hopefully I'll hit on something that is important. I didn't grow up with my father. So that, that was something I always wanted and I never really had. Didn't have my father in the home. But my mom was good, was excellent. So I developed attachment to the church and the things of God. And that's how I, um, that's how I filled the, you can say the spot, that spot that was left in my life. So I, I had admiration for people who served 
um, in the church and people who served others in the community generally. So I, I had a strong admiration um, for those people and I always desired to use whatever gifts I had to serve others too. So as a single man, I was involved in a whole lot of things and yeah, I don't know. It's That's how life was for me. I don't know what else to say again, babe. Okay. So, I mean, did... You can, yeah, you can ask me There are a couple questions. of follow-up questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of them is... Okay, I'll ask the more immediate one to what you said. So, you talked about your dad. So, since you mentioned it, I mean, how at all did that affect your view of marriage or a dating or your approach to you know, getting into a relationship, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, well, okay, number two, having had two relationships before me, once you got into a relationship with me, mm-hmm. what was different? And I think my mom did this to me. <laughs> I always thought I was priceless when I was growing up. And... I thought from that place, I always thought I had something to offer. That's how I think about relationships. And my mom would always tell me that you, you, you have, you, you'll be a good husband. You, you're a good person and you have something to offer. You're going to make someone great and all that. So I would say my attitude towards relationship was primarily like that. And even with you, it was, it was like that, that I always think I have something to offer. I... I have commitment to offer. I have security to offer. I, yeah, just go into relationships like that. So how did your dad not being around consistently affect kind of the way you approached, how you viewed marriage, how you approach, you know, relationships in marriage? And also not just the absence of your dad, but even the presence of your mom, like seeing her as a single mom you know, raising you and whatever values that she taught you. I mean, how did you, how did any of that, your parenting really affect, um, yeah, your approach to marriage, dating, or your, even your single life thoughts yeah. or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well, in, I would say in two ways. One is on my mother's part and the second would be on my dad's part. Mm-hmm. So my dad wasn't around, but he's always been a responsible person in my life. He he took care of us. He wasn't home in person, but I I never lacked in terms of education. And I had a responsible father. He just wasn't around to take some of the responsibilities that fathers who stay at home with their children do, which I think is ideal. That's how it's supposed to be. So I missed him in all those areas. So um, that's on my father's side. On my mother's side, which is the greatest, I would say, is that I think it formed in me a deeper respect for women or for womanhood because my my mom is great. She is excellent. Even in the absence of my dad, I never felt like I wasn't getting the training I needed. I never felt like growing up into adulthood, I lacked something. She She was excellent in training me. She was excellent. And I have a good relationship with her. I could talk to my mom about anything, anything. I remember my first relationship. I didn't even have a phone. I used to call my girlfriend on my mom's phone. 
<laughs> and my mom would buy me airtime for me to be able to talk to my girlfriend. And I never really hid anything from her. How old were you then? I'm just curious. <laughs> when you had your first girlfriend. That was that was in my I think final year in high school. Wow. So that was in two thousand and Eight, nine, nine. Mm, 2000 and 2008 2009 yeah she was all I, I had and that's that's how our stay was that's how we, we lived together as mother and son so I would talk to her about things and my mom knows every friend that I have because I would bring my friends home my friends would eat with me and my mom knows them by name he, she knows their birthdays even to this day she calls my friends when it's their birthday and all that, even when I've had, I've forgotten. So that's the kind of relationship I had. So she, she influenced me in that way. I had, I would say I, I had love. I really understood what love um, was. And on her part though, another side that I found was the fact that she lacked the same love that she was teaching me to give because my dad wasn't around so my mom my mom has been through a lot and I saw all that I lived through all her difficult times with her how she would weep how she would cry sometimes we would pray together and so I saw all of that and I guess it could have gone the other way so it, it could only end up in two ways that you would despise marriage or you're going to be determined to be you know, the kind of husband you, you can say that you think every woman deserves or needs, which is that, you know, be home, carry your wife along. I understand that parents make difficult decisions. So my dad was out working for whatever um, reason. That was That is his life and that's how life came to him. And I don't blame him for that at all. I have learned to understand that parents make tough decisions. But what I'm trying to say is that my mom influenced me positively when it came to relationships because she showed me strength over weakness. She had every reason to be resentful. She had every reason to, you know, always be weak and carry that with, with me in terms of my growing up. But she always showed me the, the strength in her and the fact that, um, I'm going to be a, a good man. I'm, she, she's raising me to be a good husband and to, you know, be a godly man and make a good home. One that is better than what I lived in or what she had. And I, that, that, that influenced me. So I, from my first relationship, even though I was young, marriage was on my mind. I always, me and my mom would talk about it. I always knew I was going to get married early. And at the time that we even got married, that was past the time that I, I wanted to get married. How old were you, like 26, 25? No, I think we were 26 when we got married. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get married at 24. And that was even after I pushed it. <laughs> that was after when, you know, reality hit after high school and you get entangled into a lot of things and then you realize, okay. So initially I, I thought, oh, I want to get married at, 22 and then later on I said 24 would be okay for me so wow. I'm going to get married at 24 <laughs> it didn't happen I went through a lot and so I was always marriage minded 
And it was all because I didn't know, I didn't know any better way to do it. Like I always went into my relationships like that. So it's really funny because <laughs> in all of my past relationships, I've had nothing but love from the family of my girlfriend, my um, ex-girlfriend. So I would go into a relationship with you and <laughs> as soon as we start dating, I want to know your family. I, I want you to, you know, it's not like I'm pushing you, but I am always showing how eager I am to know you. I want to know your friends. I, I don't, I'm not shy going home with you. Like, you take me home. Don't worry about what your mom is going to think. Let your mom talk to me. Let her question me. Let her, I'm going to talk to her as I talk to my mom. And I was always loved. So if I'm around you and your mom calls, I'll be like, can I say hi to your mom? And your mom is going to ask me who I am. I'm going to introduce myself. And hopefully you had already spoken to her about me. So I, I, I always wanted to be in that, um, be in that state. One more important thing about <laughs> me, and this, you also know this, when I'm done in any relationship, it's, it's done. I just cut everything, block any communication. That, that's something I learned as I was growing up as a, as a young man, that there can't be any disappointment on, on, unless there's, there's an appointment. So when my appointment with you is done, it's done. There's no way you can be disappointed again because I have no appointment with you. And I always wanted to make sure that I had a clean slate. I, I don't want, to, when it's my birthday, don't call me. I always tell people or told my ex-girlfriends, don't bother. Don't, I don't need your happy birthday. I respect you, but I'm sorry. I want to be sure that I'm single. I, I, it's not that I hate you. It's not that at all, but I want to move on and I want to be sure that I'm single and stay in my singleness. I have no business with you anymore. Don't expect me to call you on your birthday. It's not because I'm mean. While I was with you, I was my, I was on, at my best. I gave you my best as I could. And if it didn't work out, then it's fine. Let's move on with our lives. And I learned that because I saw how People's past always came back to bite them just because, you know, you didn't put out a firewall. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's out. But from time to time, you see it's smoking, like you go to a town and then you want to reach out. To, no, not me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done with you. And that's how I always wanted it. So I valued being single. I, I wanted to be married, but I also valued being single because I, my understanding was that God, whether I'm single or I'm attached, is still the preeminent figure in my life. And for me to be able to really have the clearest mind and make my supplications, okay, I valued marriage. And for me to be clear in mind and make my supplications, I had to really detach myself from anything that would hold me down. I don't like taking two steps, two steps forward and then three backwards. I don't like that. When I go before God and I say, God, I want to marry. I'm single. Give me the wisdom to have the woman that I need in, in, in my marriage. I, I want to make sure that I'm communicating clearly to God that I am free. So that if you send someone my way, I would serve that person with all diligence. And yeah. So that's how it was for me. I'm talking a lot. Maybe you can jump in too. 
So speaking of past relationships, I never had a boyfriend for the first 25 years of my life. I say that hopefully to relate to somebody who's listening out there, because I'm sure there's some lovely Christian young lady out there who's never had a boyfriend who's wondering what's wrong with her, and there's nothing wrong with you. So that's just how it is. And you should thank God, actually, because when you're in a relationship, you just open yourself up to opportunities to make mistakes. You open yourself up to the possibility of heartbreak, and the longer the relationship, the bigger the heartbreak. So if you just dated someone a couple of times and you were able to find that it's not the right guy, then it's okay. It doesn't have to become a relationship. You don't have to force it. You can be single. You don't have to force it just because you've never had a boyfriend. Even though my first boyfriend was a kind of like, I just kind of fell into that relationship. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't advise it, okay? I don't advise it. Even when I did it, it was like, I should have, it wasn't necessary to do so. I mean, not that I regret because it set me up very well to be with Thomas, but it's like, it's not necessary to feel like, oh, I've never been in a relationship. So let me just try because he wa he actually wants to be with me. So speaking of my first boyfriend, I had my first boyfriend right before Thomas when I moved to China. When did I move to China? 2016? That same year, 2016. I must have been 25 years old. Yeah. So... Um, what happened was, you know, we're in China. So I'm like thinking this is an unlikely place to find anybody to date. And I'm just like living my life. And then this guy comes out of nowhere. And well, I met him through a friend and he was handsome and I thought he was nice. And then we kept in contact. And then he just said he wanted to be my boyfriend. Like, you wanted to be in a relationship. And that was new to me because a lot of guys, they want to date you. They want to try you, do stuff with you, but they don't necessarily, but they're not quick to commit. They're not quick to say, I want you to be my girlfriend. I want to be in a relationship with you. At least that was my experience home in America. So when he said he wanted to be my boyfriend or he wanted me to be his girlfriend, I was like, oh, really? Well, <laughs> why not? Let's just give it a try. You know, it wasn't that serious. It was really just like that. I was like, oh, I'll just give it a try. Why not? And actually, the first time that we um, got together after the time that we met, I think it was the first time or very soon after we met, was he took me to church and he took me to the church where I met Thomas. So <laughs> and that's another reason why I don't regret dating him. <laughs> <laughs> he was bringing you to me. That's right. <laughs> so, um yeah, he actually took me to church. So I liked that. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll just give it a try. But Long story short, I don't need to get into all the details. I literally only dated him for like between two to three months, maybe. And it quickly didn't work out because it was like he wasn't actually that serious about being in a re relationship or else he didn't view relationships how I viewed them because I viewed a relationship as a stepping stone to marriage. I'm not interested in being in a re relationship with someone who I'm who I can't see myself marrying. Mm -hmm. So when I realized that he wasn't really very serious or um, mature or something, then I was like, okay, you know, I just broke it off. It was, I think it was a mutual breaking off. We just sat and had a conversation and it was like, I think we don't want the same thing. So, <laughs> so we broke up. And then um, Thomas came into my life not that far after. So 
yeah, I had one boyfriend. And like I said before that, there were plenty of guys. I mean, I went on dates or there were guys who I liked or there were guys who liked me. But either the guy that I liked didn't like me or the guy who liked me I didn't like or the guy who I thought was cute who's making moves on me literally only wants to make moves on me. He doesn't actually want to be my boyfriend or necessarily want to be in any kind of committed or serious relationship. He just wants to push and see how far he can get. And I wasn't into that. So those were the kinds of uh, encounters that I had. Um, People who just were not serious. They just weren't serious. So when I met Thomas, what was different? I'm going to ask you the same thing, Thomas. When you met me, what was different? (laughs) So when I met Thomas, it was different because he was serious. That's the number one thing. He was so serious that it was a little bit scary. I was like, uh, I think we talked about this in a prior episode. So you can listen back to our dating episode and and hear the (laughs) details. But that was the number one thing because I, as a Christian young lady who wanted to honor the Lord and who wanted to be married, I wanted somebody who also was dating toward marriage, dating with a purpose, you know, with an intention to hopefully marry. So he was very serious in that regard. Plus he was a God-fearing man just in general, because some people, some people, they may want to marry fine, but they don't really have like a deep relationship with God and maybe don't, are not quite ready as they maybe think they are. So, but with him, I saw the qualities, I saw the fruit out of a spiritual life that I saw were beneficial and would be good for a partner, for a husband and for a marriage. So that was the prime, those were the primary things that were different. And he was very like communicative, is that the word? Yes, very consistent, very, he always wanted to see me. He made sacrifices to see me. Whereas some other people who I I had dated in the past, like there was a lot of distance in between our communication or between our next date or whatever. There wasn't really a lot of, you know, like um, urgency, I guess. (laughs) And with him, there was definitely this consistency and this, um, like I said, seriousness to use that word again. Um, yeah, I mean, there's probably more I could say, but I also kind of feel like we covered it in the other episode. So I'll throw the question to you and then maybe after that we can go into takeaways. So, um, you dated two ladies, it didn't work out and then you met me. So what was different? Well, the other ladies I dated were not serious. (laughs) So I was the one who was always, you know deeply committed so anyway fast forward what was different about you when i met you is that number one you're mature and i i think the first two ladies i went into a relationship with were not as mature it's not that i think they were not (laughs) (laughs) so i i was i was more or less like the custodian of the relationship even from when it began, it was just dependent on me. So it, it took a lot of strength and patience from me. I had to keep my hopes up and really trust God. And with you, it was, I think it was balanced. You were mature, you were, you were, you were working here. I, I was a student, yes, but 
and I mean your maturity, both in faith and in conduct. I watched you, like I said, uh, when we talked about dating in China, I followed you to see how you interacted with all the other ladies during rehearsals and how you coordinated everything. Like that was the one of the things that um, stood out to me. So your maturity in faith and your conduct, maturity in conduct, how you talk to people, how you walked out to people, to smile to people. So put all those things together, you were, you were mature, I would say. So I felt like, yeah, finally, I meet someone who is where I'm standing. This is good. This is good because I didn't even come to China thinking of getting married, to be honest. I was fully concerned with giving myself to God. And what it meant to me was that I was more concerned with being used by God in any way that he deemed fit. So when I came to China, I wasn't like walking around looking to be in a relationship. So when I met you, when I started setting my eyes on you, it it surprised me. I, I was surprised at myself how my heart was, <laughs> you know, getting attached, like going back to being in a relationship and all that. And this is at a time where things were not really together for me. I'm away from home. I, I don't... I'm not earning any income. I'm, 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 I'm a student. I have other things going on and all that. But I still felt strongly about it. So you are mature, number one, in faith and in conduct. And you are also, I would say, marriage-oriented. You had marriage on your mind. You, you were thinking about marriage. And that comes together with the maturity, you can say. You were not far from being married or getting married. So you are thinking about marriage too. And I've been thinking about marriage. So, well, let's see, let's make it work then. Mm -hmm. So that made it a little bit easier in terms of taking steps, knowing that the person is in terms of mental preparation and in terms of readiness to work the relationship towards marriage, she was ready. And that was good for me. So that was the difference. The other ladies I did it, they weren't as, you know, ready to get married as you were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so I hear us saying the same things. Exactly. And, <laughs> yep. That leads me to my takeaway. <laughs> so, you know, Thomas and I are quite different. We come from two different countries. We have different interests. We are different personality. All we're different in a lot of ways, but in core values, we are probably identical or near identical. We are so similar. We both love the Lord. We both have biblical values. We both have a level of seriousness about our lives. And all of that has been for the good of our marriage. I think those are, that's the stuff that really makes marriage able to work. I mean, I can't, you know, I know we've only been married less than two years, but... I would say so far, it's been a, a pretty smooth ride. And I attribute that to the wisdom of God <laughs> and us being um, well aligned with one another. So my takeaway is the thing in which I heard us both say, which is seriousness. <laughs> if I could put it into one word. If anyone desires to be married, I don't know 
what your journey is going to be. Obviously, ours was super unique having met in China and whatever. So I don't know how or where you're going to meet your spouse. And I don't know what the what's going to, I don't know, draw you guys or whatever. But for, for someone desiring, I do think it is important for you to actually search within yourself and 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 know that you want to be married. Some people think they want to be married and then they start dating and they realize, oh, maybe I'm not ready yet. And it's not even that the guy I'm dating or the lady I'm dating is not a nice person or a suitable person. It's just me. I realized that oh, I'm kind of kind of not ready. Yeah. I'm kind of afraid. I'm kind of this or that. So you've got to work on that. And likewise, when you're, you know, looking at a potential mate, I think you should consider are they a serious person? Because if they're not, then you might find yourself, you know, in a relationship for a long time that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then you'll find yourself perhaps heartbroken or perhaps dishonoring the Lord, just mm-hmm. shacking up, having sex, whatever. And you you guys love each other and maybe you guys really are good together, but not getting married just because. Right. Exactly. Because those values are not really there. And it's so, and it's not just about for the success of your relationship as someone who wants to get married, and it's, but it's also about honoring the Lord. You should consider honoring the Lord when you're thinking about relationships. That's on my mind. He just picked it up. Well, pick up where I left off, my love, because I think <laughs> I, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. What I've learned is that when a man desires to honor God, there is no doubt there is grace and anointing for him to do that. Mm. See, the desire itself unleashes all these things for you to accomplish that because you want to honor God. Mm. And people have had it better than we have had in terms of our growing up, in terms of how life has been for us, in terms of our education, in terms of money. You can say a lot of things, but without the desire to honor God, it's difficult. And I think that is what I've learned, that it's important to set your heart on God and desire to honor Him. And He, there's some anointing that is given to people like that, I believe. I have no doubt that I had enormous grace on my life to resist so many things. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I went through it. Yeah. I don't even know how I, re- I, I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know why I didn't just give myself away and live life anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I had the energy, the strength to say no to some people and to detach myself from some people. Mm-hmm. So desiring to honor God is really essential. It's going to save you from a bunch of things, a lot of things. So if, if you're listening to me and you're not married yet, it comes in two ways. Keep God before you. Seek to honor Him in everything you do. And when it's time for you to get married, your desire to honor Him will unleash His grace for you to do it, even when it's difficult. Whatever the hindrance is going to be, when a man suddenly says that, I want to get married, I don't want to live in sin with this lady or with this woman that I'm in a relationship with, I want to honor God. And because of that, I want to get married. Something happens. I can't explain, but God descends and he just takes control. He gives you the grace to do things. He gives you whatever it is, patience, 
even when you lack the most basic things and he's going to see you through because he, what you want to do is to honor his name. He would rather have you married than anything else in terms of your relationship. God would have you married, happily living with your spouse, serving under his feet, taking his guidance than anything else. He delights in that more than you being in a relationship for five years without cheating. Mm. Even if you're in a relationship for four years, five years, you've never cheated on your partner. You've, you've never lied. Everything is going on well. I tell you, it's not as close to the one who got married because he wanted to honor God and he's striving through his difficult marriage or her difficult marriage. The hand of God is stronger in that. So carrying the desire to honor God is very important. And when a person doesn't have that, it makes the relationship difficult. And it's even better when two people have the desire to honor God. And I think that's what has saved us. And who, who else put it there than God himself? Yep, he's responsible. <laughs> exactly. And we let him be responsible. We pray to the same God who put us together when we're in difficulty. Oh, Lord, you put us together. He did. I'm not blaming him. I'm saying, you know my faults, you know my Thomas's faults. faults. Yep. So when I pray to you, it's like I'm praying to the person who you put us together, you know who we are, and you know what we need to overcome whatever problem we're having. So we just bring it right back to the one who knew our lives from our yeah, mother's womb. Exactly. To bring it back to the to the scripture from earlier. Yes, guys. So be exhorted. We are encouraging you. We're not coming from any place of I don't think that goes without saying anyway, please. I don't I don't need to defend. <laughs> yes. Don't feel judged or anything. Feel no, encouraged. Feel feel urged to pursue marriage if you know with all your heart if that's what you desire. Um feel urged to honor God really yeah. foremost. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not there, pray to him to put it there. Mm-hmm. There is no way to follow, to start desiring to honor God. There, there is no math to that. He has to put it there. So if you are in a position where you search your heart and you feel like, I don't even have any desire to please him. So I don't understand what you guys are even talking about. Mm-hmm. Seek him. Seek him. He's going to put it there for you. Just ask him, God, can you put the desire to please you in my heart? Can you place in me the desire to please you so that I would I would live to satisfy that desire of yours? And that will lead you into all these other areas that he's called us to be in. And he's going to do it. He's, he's not a God who doesn't delight in the goodness of his children. He will. And in fact, he does those things, I would say, faster than when we ask for material things. That's what I've learned. Wonderful. Close this up. You close this up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's so I'm just taking over all the stuff you usually do today. It started with me and it's ending with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you guys for listening and we pray for you that you would know the Lord, know his ways, know his will, live according to it, submit yourself to him. Be satisfied in him. And we also pray that if you do desire marriage, that it would be yours in the time that God has for you. Thanks for listening again. We love you. We love you. 
why you had to be the last one for. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs>